Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can be here, and we do thank you for the sunshine. Thank you, Lord, for beautiful weather. And, Lord, we thank you most of all for the uh, precious atoning blood of Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask now, Lord, that as we open your word, that this time would be a blessing, Lord, to each of us. And we ask this in the precious name of your Son and our Saviour, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be starting Judges chapter 6 and verse 36. Judges 6, verse 36. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that the Lord will save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wring the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. There's times like Gideon when we just want to make sure of something, and we want to make sure we're in the will of God, and that, um, and that it, it, that it's of God. And back in December 2019, Tia and I had been praying about um, going either straight to East Timor or if the Lord would have us do deputation. And um, we'd been praying about it, and I was reading through the book of Esther at the time, and through that the Lord prompted me to send letters out. Um, but before we even sent letters to churches, um, we, we said, Lord, if you want us to do deputation, churches will start contacting us regardless. And... Um, it was within a few days that we had a phone call from a pastor in Townsville asking us to come and present the ministry uh, in February, in the first weekend of February, which is a couple of months ahead. And um, so at that stage I thought, okay, is this is deputation. And, um, but then uh, Townsville's not far and uh, it's only about a four-hour drive, so we go there uh, off and on. And uh, so it could be just a once-off. And so we, we ask the Lord, if another church contacts us, then we'll know that uh, we're to do deputation. And within the week, we had a phone call from uh, a pastor in Mackay asking us to come and just fill the pulpit there in January. Now, is about nine hours south of us, and so we're uh, further south in January than we are in February, and so we're heading the wrong direction to be doing deputation where we should be heading south, but we're heading the wrong direction. And so I said, we put the fleece out there one more time and just said, Lord, make it clear to us if we're to do deputation. And uh, then we had another phone call from another pastor asking us to come and present um, later in February. And so then we knew 
the Lord wanted us to do deputation. And, um, you know, it just felt really thick at that point, really slow. Like, how many times had the Lord, you know, put things there and, you know, I hadn't take, I hadn't, hadn't clicked. It hadn't clicked. And sometimes we might do that. We look back and see how God was working in our lives in particular times and you see the hand of God and you, you look back and say, oh, I didn't get the point here. I didn't get that. I should have been thinking. I should have been listening more. And that's one question we need to ask ourselves. Are we listening to God? Are we listening to God? Hello? Are you paying attention? Good. What's he telling you? You know, he's speaking to each of us about something. He's purpose is that we would all reflect Christ in our life. And so he's speaking to all of us individually about something, whether, you know, we need to get saved or if there's something we need to get rid of in our lives, whether we need to separate from something or uh, whether it's something that we need to do, a particular ministry, whether there's somebody in our lives, a family member that we need to witness to. He's always speaking to us about something. Every single person, he's, he's trying to tell you something. And so there's times like Gideon when we want to make sure of something and make sure that we're, uh, we're in the will of God. But often I think Christians are putting that fleece out there not because they want to clarify the answer, but because they want a different answer. They want to serve God on their terms. And there's a fine line there between desiring to be in the will of God and trusting the Lord and um, making sure of it, or on the other side, a lack of faith, grieving the Spirit. I think the answer is, are we willing to say, yes, Lord, when we get the answer? When God gives us the job to do, when he tells us what needs to be done, do we say, yes, Lord? Do we say yes, Lord? Turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 2. So in, verse, uh, in chapter 3, Moses has seen the burning bush, and he says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And uh, God speaks to Moses out of the bush. He says, take off thy shoes. It's a good reason to take off your shoes, Pastor. There's nothing wrong with going bare feet, all right, when you're on holy ground. (laughs) So (laughs) um, he tells Moses that uh, he's going to be the spokesperson and he's going to lead the people out of Egypt uh, into the promised land. uh, So then we get into chapter 4. And these are the signs that the Lord gives Moses to prove that the God of Isaac, Abraham and Jacob has uh, spoken to Moses directly. So in verse 2, Exodus chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And And he cast it on the ground, and... It became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So just like the apostles were had signs to show their uh, authenticity, the, the, um, that they were messengers of God, God gives Moses here signs to show that God has spoken to him. And other than the miracles, there's obviously miracles here. A rod turning to a serpent is a miracle. And, but other than that, what strikes me about this passage is how he says, Yes, Lord. I don't know if you noticed that in verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 6 and verse 7, he says, yes, Lord. And you won't find the words there. He doesn't say it, but he does it. His actions say, yes, Lord. His actions. When God said, cast the rod onto the ground, cast it down, he did it. That's yes, Lord. Grab it by the tail. Yes, Lord. Put your hand into your bosom. Yes, Lord. You know, when his hand was leprous with snow, when he went to put it back in, did he think his whole body was going to turn leprous? What was his thought? But he did it. He was obedient. And he says, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And so we see the faith of Moses here. We see that he trusted the Lord. I mean, grabbing a snake by the tail is the worst place you can grab a snake. But, you know, he was obedient. He did it. And so... That's what we need to learn to be able to say is, yes, Lord. When the Lord says, take off your shoes, yes, Lord. You know, cast down thy rod, yes, Lord. Put thine hand into thy bosom, yes, Lord. Bring it out, yes, Lord. Do we know how to say, yes, Lord? When he says, go give that person a tract, do we know how to say, yes, Lord? What about give that person a phone call? They need some encouragement today. Cook that person a meal. They need some help. What about be in church more? What about you need to be giving to the church? You know, do we need to... What about just helping in the kitchen? Do we know how to say, yes, Lord, I can do that. I can serve. Do we know how to say, yes, Lord? Let's read on and from verse... Chapter, uh, in verse, chapter 4, verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. You know, just stop there for a second. You think where Moses was raised? He was raised in Pharaoh's house. He had the best education in the whole world. He probably didn't have a speech impediment or anything. He probably spoke very well. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb? 
or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman under the people. And he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. I believe... Moses misses out on a blessing here. Now he's just said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And right here he says, no, Lord, not me, Lord. Use someone else, Lord. I can't speak well, Lord. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. Use someone else. And I believe he misses misses out on a blessing and he grieves the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled. He'd grieved the Lord because he said no. He'd said no. I'm not doing that. Use someone else. You know, we've all done this. We've all said no, Lord. And I want to give you an example in my own life. We have a market ministry at Melanda. Uh, third Saturday of every month we have the local markets and um, so we'll be there handing out tracts and the Lord will often prompt me or there'll be somebody and the Lord says that person needs a tract make sure that person gets a tract and so as they're walking through the gate I'll offer them a tract and the Lord will then say say something to them and I say Lord what do I say I don't know what to say and I hesitate. And often that opportunity is gone because they're just walking past. And so I miss out on a blessing. But I say, Lord, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. I, I don't know what to say. And, you know, right at that moment where I hesitate, I, that hesitation is no Lord. You know, right at that moment, I'm not trusting the Lord. I'm not trusting that he'll put the words in my mouth. And so my hesitation is no Lord. Right at that moment, I'm not resting in his strength. I'm grieving the spirit. I'm not allowing him to work in my life. Just with that hesitation. My hesitation is no Lord. No Lord, use someone else. Use someone else. You know, how many times have we hesitated in our lives to witness to someone? to pick up the phone and ring somebody, to be an encouragement to somebody, just to offer your service in mowing somebody's lawn. How many times have we hesitated? And I believe that hesitation is no Lord. Because right then you're not trusting the Lord. Now sometimes the Lord is gracious and as the person is coming back out of the markets I might get opportunity to witness to them or talk to them. But often I just miss out on a blessing. I really miss out on that blessing. 
God will only use you and me as much as our obedience. He will only use us as much as our obedience. How many times do we need to be told simply to obey? No, that's, that's the milk of the word, obey. It's not something heavy to chew on. But how often do we just need to be told simply to obey? In the book of Jeremiah, they're told over and over again by the prophet that these things are going to come to pass and they don't believe them. And the remnant that's left there in Judah come to Jeremiah and said, whatever the Lord wants us to do, we'll do. And so Jeremiah goes and he comes back ten days later with the word of the Lord and he says, the Lord said, stay here and serve the Babylonians. Fear them not and you'll live. But if you go to Egypt, you're going to die. That's not what they wanted to hear, is it? They came to God. They put their fleece out there. That's not the answer they wanted. And they end up in Egypt and they die. They didn't trust the Lord. They didn't trust what God was doing with them. They didn't trust that the Lord knew best. Do you trust the Lord that he knows best for your life? Do you trust that if he says go to a third world country, that he's going to be there? Do you believe that he's everywhere present and that he's all-powerful and that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and that he can provide in any circumstance? Do you trust that he knows what's best for your lives? Do you trust that if he says get rid of something in your life, that it's for a good purpose? Because he wants to make you more like Christ. He wants you to reflect Christ. And so if he says, get rid of that, do you trust that he knows what's best for you? Will you obey and say, yes, Lord, I'll get rid of that? Has he been telling you the same thing over and over like he told, like Jeremiah told them? How long hold ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If the Lord be God, follow him. John 10:27 says my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That word here there is the word akuo but I particularly like it in the Old Testament the word that's commonly translated here. It's also translated obey or hearken the word shoma and it means both words mean hearing unto obedience. Hearing unto obedience. If you told your children, go clean your room, and they didn't do it, you would say, you didn't hear me. If you told your children to go mow the lawn and they didn't do it, you would say, you didn't hear me. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. That means you're going to hear unto obedience. That means you're going to do what the Lord tells you to do. If you seek direction for your life, the Lord's not going to lead you astray. He's going to do something. He's going to show you the path that's best for you so that you best reflect Christ. He's not a wicked Lord. He's not wicked that he wants to do something evil with you. He's good. That's his very nature. His very nature is good. James 1.16 says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with 
whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. No, God cares for you. He loves you. You know, he sent his only begotten son to die in your place. That's how much he loves you. He's willing to sacrifice his son. How many of us would be willing to sacrifice our son? I don't, I don't know how Abraham did it. but to, And Isaac obviously was willing and obedient because Abraham was old at the time. Isaac didn't resist. But, you know, how many of us would be willing to do that? To sacrifice our son. But God did that willingly. And Jesus Christ, knowing that he was God, took that upon himself. He took the mockings. He took the scourgings. When he could have called 12,000 legions. 12 legions. But he, he let them pluck the hair out of his chin, out of his beard. He let them nail him, nail him to the cross. He was willing to lay down his life for us. And yet we're not willing to trust him, even with the simple things. What man is there of you whom, if he, his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You know, he wants to give good things to you and he wants to good, do good through you to the glory of his name. You know, we're a very privileged people in this country. We have a, we have a really good health care system. We're privileged. We can lift up our voice and sing without fear of persecution. We can come to church without fear of persecution. You know, we have so many privileges we're privileged because we're able to serve the one true living God. That's a great privilege. You know, the other privilege is that we, we're privileged to carry the gospel message. Yeah. I don't know if you've stopped to think about how valuable that message is. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? That message that we carry can lead someone to Christ, where they can be saved. And God privileges us to be able to do that. He uses men and women to carry that message. He could display that Calvary every night in the sky if he wanted to with the stars. But he chooses to use men and women. And we're privileged when we're to be able to carry that message. We're privileged to be able to say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. No. It starts with small steps, and I think it's only ever really small steps that the Lord gives us. When we started going to Grace five years ago, it wasn't long the Lord said, you need to be saved. Yes, Lord. He said, uh, so we'd already stopped drinking, but we still had alcohol in the house, and the Lord said, you need to get rid of that. Yes, Lord. I was watching a lot of sport, Sport was one of my idols, particularly rugby league, and I'd watch it a couple of hours every Friday night, and the Lord said to me, you know, you're wasting your time. You're better off reading two hours of the Bible than sitting there watching sport. He said, that's an idol, and you need to get rid of it. So we got rid of it. He said, you need to be uh, giving to the church. He said, you need to be baptised. You need to be a member. 
And it was just these little steps that the Lord, just seeing if we'll be obedient in the little things. See if we're going to be faithful in attending church. It's not one big step. You know, the piano player can't just jump up here and start playing. It's a lot of steps. He has to walk up here. And God will only give us, often give us the very next step that we have to do. And I don't want you to think that I've reached the summit and I say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, all the time because I'm at the base of the mountain looking up too. That's the aim is to say yes, Lord, all the time. But there's times I hesitate and I shouldn't and I know that is no Lord. And by the grace of God, he's helping me with that. But God will only use us. He will only use us as much as our obedience. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, if the Lord's told you to be involved in a particular ministry, if he's told you to get rid of something, he just wants you to be obedient. He doesn't want your sacrifices. He wants you to be obedient. And I think that's really what Romans 12, 1 is about. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice. That's just about saying, yes, Lord, I'm here to be used here. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to do this. As soon as you say, no, Lord, as soon as you hesitate, you're not dying to self. You're taking yourself off the altar. You're grieving the spirit. And there's times when we need to discern the will of God and we're going to pray and we're going to read and seek the Lord. But then there's going to be action afterwards. There needs to be action afterwards. It's time when we're going to seek the Lord, but then you need to say, yes, Lord. I'll do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know our shortcomings. Lord, you know where we fail and fall. And Lord, you know where we need help. And Lord, you know that we need help to be obedient. Lord, we have the perfect example in Christ being obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. And Lord, We ask that you would help us and give us grace, Lord, just to be obedient unto your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.